started off the new year, or I started off the new year uh, preaching a message on He Makes All Things New. And uh, Melissa shared with us on the 8th, last week we looked at relationships, because the horizontal relationships that we have with people truly impact our relationship to Jesus. They do. They're hugely important. And so he wants to make those new. And so my prayer is that he's making those new. Whatever those are, if it's husband, wife, if it's mom, dad, kids, if it's in-laws, parents, work, whatever, relationships are important. Do not blow them off. Take them serious, okay? We were born for them. We need them. But they help us become more like Christ or they have the power to keep us from Christ, okay? And so this morning, I want to continue the theme of he makes all things new. This morning, we're looking at relationships, but we're looking at relationship with Jesus, the vertical. The horizontal is me and you doing life together. The vertical, my friends, is me and Jesus. They're very much connected, and there is a crossroad. I want you to go to your scripture, the text that we will use. I want to set the table with that first. Revelation 21, Revelation 21, verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I am making everything new. Making everything new. Our horizontal relationships new, our vertical relationships new. New relationship. I want to look at the three areas that we looked at last week because they're very related to the day. First, we looked at the fact that we were born to have relationship. See, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved Jeff that if Jeff would accept the gift of his son, he would not perish, but he would have everlasting life. See, my friends, here's what you have to understand. We were born to be born again you got to get that. See, we're not just born to grow up, to do school, to get a degree, get a job, pay taxes, pay for college again, die, and that's it. We were born, my friend, to be born again. If you're sitting here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've been born, I've been born, but I'm not sure I've been born again. You're in the right place today, my friend. You're divinely appointed to be here today. You say, I don't have a fat clue who, why I walked in that door, but the coffee's good. Well, there's more than just the coffee that's good. What's good in here is the presence of the Lord, and his name is Jesus. Listen to me. You're not here by accident. You say, wow, uh, did, did he know I was coming? Wow, I've been struggling with this all week. I didn't know you were coming. But I only preach what God says preach. I don't preach anything less than anything more. We're on relationships vertically for a reason, because it's very, very important. My friend, we, you, me, were born to be born again. I was born to Donnie and Cinda Ponder in Texas City, Texas, 
on the evening of September the 8th, 1965. My grandfather and my dad were watching Gunsmoke while I was born. Y'all remember Gunsmoke? I guess I was supposed to be a cowboy. I don't know. So, but uh, they were watching Gunsmoke when I was born. But 10 years later, in a little town called Athens, Texas, Black Eyed Pea Jamboree, right? the home of the cheeseburger, right? I was born again at First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas. Ten years, I was ten when I was born again. And I'm going to tell you, at that moment, everything in my life changed. Everything. Now, I didn't know everything at ten, but I knew I needed a man named Jesus. And I knew he could change my life. I was born to be born again. Secondly, we were shaped to have a relationship with Jesus. Do you realize that? Listen to me. There's a spot in your heart that was formed by God that only he fits in. And there is nothing he ever created that will do it. You see, we spend a lot of time in our life with this hollowness in our heart. It's empty. There's space. There's a hole. There's a cavity. We plug relationships into it. Mm, still there. We plug new cars and new trucks and bigger houses and better education, new salaries. Doesn't fit. Still that hollowness. We go, man, it must be this dead, pole town. Everybody knows my business. I don't like everybody knowing my business. They ain't get out of my business. I got to get out of this town. This town driving me crazy. So we move away. We go to Florida. We put our toes in the sand. We think, ha, 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 that's it, boy. I don't feel that spot anymore. I'm doing great. Six months later, you're like, darn, sand lost its effect. Darn Florida, not doing a deal. I'm still empty. I'm still filling the hole. Well, I got to go someplace else. I'm going to the mountains. Lord, help. My, God made the mountains. I'm going to go to the mountains. So you go to the mountains, and you look out over those peaks. And you say, oh, Lord, that's beautiful. Then you hear the geese come over. Then you hear the moose cry. And, man, you're thinking, oh, I'm in heaven, and I don't even feel that void anymore. This is great. It's all about location. I told you. I just get away from that beach. I get away from that little town. I'll be fine. I'm running, running, running. No. You're still hollow. Still empty. Still empty. And you plug bad relationships into it to fill it. And you say, well, if I just had more money, if I had a bigger car, if I had new of this, new of this, if I had wardrobe better, I had this. If I just worked out, got in shape, looked good, had big muscles, bench press Buicks. No, I don't care. You can bench press Buick if you want to, but that's not going to do the trick. That big old hole, that cavity, that, that hole is still there because it was given to you and created by, you, by God. God gave you the hole. And he said, nothing plugs that hole like Jesus. That's why I sent my son, my only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him, I'll plug that hole and give your life meaning. And you won't have to keep grasping after the things of the world because they won't satisfy you. You'll never catch them. But what you really need is me. You were shaped for Jesus. There's a hole in your heart that only he can fill. Somebody in this room today, and you know that's you. You tried everything else, man. We're going to look at somebody in the Bible in just a little bit that tried everything and was still hollow. You were shaped to have relationship. It's in our heart. And last, you're not just born to have a relationship. You're not just shaped to have it. But my friend, you need to have it. It is your greatest need. You said, no, nah, preacher, you're wrong. My greatest need is oxygen, and I'm breathing right now. Let me say this. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. You were created to breathe. But what you're really created to breathe is his presence and his spirit. That's what gives you life. Otherwise, you're dead. You just did. You say, well, no, I'm really alive. No, let me help you with something. 
without Jesus, you are alive, but you're just existing. You're like a tree. One day it'll be cut down and, and, and used for firewood or make no newspaper out of it or something. See, without Christ, you just exist. But with Christ, you really live. I mean, the grass breathes and drinks and trees breathe and eat. But, man, trust me, when I mulch my yard, I don't go back and go, I'm so sorry I cut you. I don't care. I cut the grass. It's supposed to be cut. All right? Let it go. If I bag it, you know what I do with my bag grass? I dump it to my chickens. My chickens are like, this is the greatest buffet ever. They just love grass clippings. All right? That's cool. But I don't. I don't, like, hug the grass and, you know, stroke the trees, all right? I do ask them to grow every once in a while, a little bit faster out here. Got to grow, you know? But listen to me. If without Christ, you just exist. I don't want to exist. I want to live. And the only way to live is that my greatest need is met. My greatest need is Jesus, the name that is above every name, every name. So I want to look at two things today. In this room, there are two groups of people. One group says, I need you to make me new. And the second says, I need you to do a new thing in me. There's a group in here that says, "Mm, I need to be made new. I don't need to be improved. That hasn't worked. I need to be made new. And there's a group that says, I'll just do new in me. Just do new in me. Just do something new in me. Let's look at it. Number one, make me new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, Therefore, and what I tell you about therefores in the Bible, you always want to ask what that's there for, therefore. Okay? Therefore, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. The old is gone, and the new has come. You're buried with Christ in baptism under the water. Old. You come up raised to walk a new life. That's what it is. You're new. Look at John 6. Let's go there. John 6. Look at verse 44. John 6, 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. See, here's the beautiful thing. You were born to be born again. So the one who born you, who created you, who made you, who gave you life in creation is the same Father in heaven, the creator that draws you to relationship. That's pretty cool. You were born to be born again. See, he drew Nicodemus. He drew Zacchaeus. You say, well, Zacchaeus was hanging out in the tree. He was hanging out in the tree, and then God spotted him. And the Spirit of God and the Father drew him, just like that. See, we're going to look again at the woman at the well. You were born to be born again. You will not be born again unless the Holy Spirit draws you. The Father draws you. That knocking on your heart, that tug, that warm feeling, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's saying, come home, child. 
come home. Come home. Listen to me. I've been many of fellas, many of people, white knuckle. Mm-mm, I can't. What will people think? I'll lose my job. My, my wife will, man, I don't, she'll freak out. What will my kids think? I'm supposed to be their hero. Oh, there's no greater way to be a hero. No greater way to be a hero. You want to melt the hearts of your children like butter? Mm. Big old boy, you come and say, I was born to be born again, and I've never been born again. The Spirit will draw you. He'll draw you. Turn back a page to John 4. John chapter 4. It's a great encounter between Jesus and a woman. We know her as a woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. I want you to look at verse 11. She says, Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Now watch these words. Where can you get this living water? Where can you get this living water? See, this is Jesus' first I am. He doesn't answer it that way. He could easily say, where do you get this living water? I am. I am. See, that's a great question. For some of you in here, you're looking for living water. Looking for living water. You've had all the water the world has to offer, and you're still thirsty. But today, you've come into a place. You've come to a well, and you've had an encounter, or you, ha- or, or, or you are having an encounter with someone that surprises you at the well, just like the woman did. She did not think he would be there, didn't even want him to be there, wasn't supposed to be there. She came at an odd time so that no one would be there, and lo and behold, the person she needed the most, living water, showed up. Listen to me. You may not be expecting it, but you can expect it, that the Holy Spirit himself has drawn you, and the Holy Spirit himself is speaking to you. And you will have an encounter with a man named Jesus, the name above every name that will change your life forever. Listen to me. The greatest thing that you can do is receive Christ. You were born for it, shaped for it, and you need it. I want to look on in verses 13 and 14 of this story. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And then I love what she says in 15. Sir, give me this water. (laughs) I love that. Out in my margin, I just wrote salvation. That's exactly what that is. Sir, give me this water. See, what happens later is he says, I want you to go and get your husband. And she says, absolutely, I don't have a husband. I've had five, and the man I'm living with today is not my husband. And he said, I know. I know. I know. What's happening is there's a constant trying to fill the void, the God-shaped void in her heart by things that she thought would what? Satisfy her, give her meaning, give her purpose, Give her a reason and a hope. She doesn't know it. She doesn't have it. She's reaching for stuff that will never do it. Listen to me. There is nothing that he created that will trump him, the creator. Nothing. 
There's nothing that he created that is greater than Jesus. He's the one that feels that. I want you to go to Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we know the verse well. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace, this is what we sing about, you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. Beautiful. It's a gift from God, not by works that no man shall boast. Not by works that no man shall boast. I want you to go to Galatians chapter 2. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Go back a couple of pages. Galatians chapter 2. Look at verse 20. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I want you to look at a quote. Y'all got that? A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer said this, Man is born a cobbler. When he wants a thing to be better, he goes to work to improve it. But God will have none of this cobbling. He makes a man better by making a man new. <laughs> See, we cobbling. We're always making. Got to improve it. New and improve. Try harder. Listen to me. Here's what I've learned. There's a cross, but here's what you won't find at the cross. You won't find a ladder. You're not going to find the ladder. You cannot work and crawl your way up to that cross. What you will find at the cross is a gurney or an empty tomb that you will die in. And then he will resurrect you up. Man, we live in a country that is working their tail off to be right with God. There's some mindset out there. If this stack over here that I have cobbled for is bigger than the other stack that my good stack, all my works, is bigger than all my bad stuff that I did, all the lies I told and the times I was mean and the people I hit and all that other junk, that if that stack's bigger than this stack, God will go, come on in. God will look at both those stacks and say, sorry, they don't matter. They don't matter. See, here's the here's refreshing thing about this. If you could work your way there, then why in the world did Jesus die so brutally on a cross? Think about that for a minute. If we could get there, what's he there for? We could, there would be no purpose for the cross. That no man will boast. Not by works, my friend. You can never do enough. When you die to yourself, he supernaturally resurrects you and makes you new. You're not improved. You're not better you, you, you're new. Do you know what that means? You're new. That means he changes the mindset. You don't even think the way you used to think. You don't even respond the way you used to do. You know, that stuff that you thought was right before is wrong, and you think a new thing. You're a new person. He generates that in you. Second, not just make me new, but do new in me. Do new in me. Let me ask you a question. Are you dry? Are you dry spiritually? Now, I'm going to stop right there. Whatever you thought, right off, the, right off the bat, that's it. 
It's like a true and false. You ever done that? You take a true or false test, and you go, oh, I know that's true. And you read three more, and you come back to that when you go, oh, no, it might be false. Look how she worded it. Could be false. I'm going to change it. And the minute you get it wrong, the next time you can see her, she counts it wrong, and you go back to her and say, see what I did first? I really did true first. Can I get a credit on that? No. Let me ask you, are you dry spiritually? See, what, what hits you right off the bat is the answer. Yeah, I'm dry. There's nothing new in me right now spiritually. I'm just doing it. I'm just, I'm in a rut. I'm stuck. Nothing new. See, here's some reasons or excuses that we can sometimes get dry. Our schedules get busy. The main thing stops being the main thing. Our relationships get messed up. I told you relationships have power. You can have relationship issues and have struggles in your relationship with the Lord. They, they, they impact you, man. I'm telling you right now. If someone hurts you, someone won't forgive you, you got ought against a brother. That's why Jesus said, don't give me, no, 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 don't get your gift to me. Mm-mm, take that back. You come to the altar and you lay it down. And then you present that gift. You say, oh, I preach it. That's just talking about your tithe. No, it's not. It's worship. It's worship. He said, don't do it. Don't do that. Don't worship me. Get right. Get right first. Bad relationships or breakdown in relationships will mess you up. They can make you dry. I'm gonna, I'm, I promise you, as a married man, if Melissa and I are struggling, I'm dry. Let's just be honest. I'm honest. I, I, you say, God, you're the preacher. You get dry? Mm, come on. I get dry like a desert, dude. All right? And the enemy would love to keep me in a desert just eating sand. All right? Because the drier I am, the drier you'll get because I'm supposed to feed you. Listen to me. You can get dry. And marriage problems and strife and just, just, it's just not good at home can make you dry spiritually. Circumstances. You can find yourself in circumstances and they can dry you up. Circumstances at work, people at work, stuff like that. It can make you hard at work. You come home, you're hard. You're not doing quiet times. You're not in the Word. Your worship's not there. It can just make you dry. Crisis. You're thrown into a crisis. You didn't see it coming. It just hits you like a freight train. All of a sudden, man, you don't know what's going on. You just, I mean, you're just knocked off the track. You can get dry. You stay there. And last is just simply this. Just flat out neglect. Just flat out neglect. I, I don't care. I'm not going to do it right now. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not. Listen to me. You, you can get dry. Dry can happen. And, and I think there's some people just like me in this room that can get dry. And if you're honest with yourself, you might be dry right now. And you might just say, God, I need you to do something new in me. You say you're going to do everything new. Undo new in me. I want to show you a couple of scriptures. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. Look at Jeremiah 17. Look at verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on his flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in a parched place of the desert 
in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water who sends out roots by his streams and does not fear when heat comes, its leaves always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Mm. Jesus said, these people come to me, and Isaiah, these people come to me with, with, with their lips, but their hearts in worship are far from me. Their worship has become something that has been taught by man. and something they do only because man asked them. Don't do that. When you get dry, you just become on autopilot. Don't do that. Listen to me. He has come to make all things new. This morning, if you need him to make you new spiritually, you come. If you need him to do new in you, be honest enough to say, I'm dry. I'm dry. Listen to me. You will never know the refreshness of God until you're honest that you're dry first. You just won't. Don't accidentally come into that. Revelation 21, 5, I'll say it again. He who is seated on the throne said these words, making all things new, all things new. Then he said, write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. He wants to make all things new in the relationship with Jesus. This morning, do you need him to make you new? You're sitting here and you know that you were born but you've never been born again. Do not, for the love of Jesus, walk out these doors and miss that opportunity again. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Do you need to make, do you need him to do new in you? you you're honest and say, Pastor, I'm dry. I am dry. I really am. I came out of 16 pretty dry, and I made a promise that I would not enter 17 that way. And I'm right back where I started. I, I'm dry. I don't want to be dry. I need to stand under the fountain and let you rain down on me and refresh me. I need to be that tree planted by the streams of water whose leaves are green because right now I'm dry. I'm dry. Or you may be sitting here today and you may be simply just say these words. I need him to keep pouring it on. You, man, you are under the fountain. You're loving it. You're in his presence. You're worshiping. You're in the word. God's growing you. God's doing a new thing. You're loving it. And you just simply say, keep it coming. Just keep it coming. All you can eat buffet, I'm coming back. And if my plate gets small, I'm going to get a big one with some big old sides on it because I'm not going to miss none of this. If that's you, praise Jesus. Just keep it coming. I'll make all things new. Don't make it new. Just keep it coming. But see, you either need to be made new, or you need to have them do new in you, or you simply say, just keep it coming. Just keep it coming, Lord. Keep it coming. I just want to ask you a simple question. What did the Holy Spirit say to you? See, right there's your answer. Happened that quick. That's what you need to be obedient about. That answer right there that you got. What did the Holy Spirit say to you? Boom. 
He either said, you need to be born again. You're dry. Or keep it coming, Lord. Keep it coming. This altar is open. This place is for you. This morning, if you need to meet him, you know you've been born, but you've never been born again. You come. We'll introduce you to Jesus. He'll change your life. He'll make you new, man. You were once blind, but now you see. You won't know what happened. You won't, you won't get the whole thing, but you know you need it. You may be sitting here saying, I'm dry, man. I need somebody to pray over me. I don't want to be dry anymore. I'm dry, dry, dry. You need to come to the altar, come to these folks, and let them pray for you. Or you may just simply want to just be a time of worship where you lift your hands and say, just keep it coming. Just keep it coming. Just keep it coming. And that's cool. But this invitation is time for you. It's your time. Do what the Holy Spirit said. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you. And God, we're going to stand in just a second. We're going to enter a time of invitation. And when our legs straighten up, God, if you've spoken, this minute our legs straighten up, may we step out and come down. Maybe to be born again. Maybe to simply say, I'm dry, and I don't want to stay dry. Maybe just to have a time of worship and praise and hopping around right there and say, oh, just keep it coming. But God, you help us be obedient to you. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. And may we bless ourselves today during this invitation time. Ministry teams are waiting. Altars open. God, may you send us. May you send us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. May I ask you to-